0: Welcome to FNB Business Talk. My name is Lynette Nduli and I look forward to spending time with you to help us all navigate into the new normal. This morning we are joined by Andi Swabata, who is one of the regional heads of FNB Business. Good morning Andi Swabata, how are you?
1: good morning lynette i 'm great, and I hope you are too
0: fantastic and one, the covid nineteen pandemic has forced you and I into new and different ways of living of working. What is your experience um with this big transition that we 've seen in the last Month been.
1: I must say, it's been equal parts weird and also equal parts um, exciting. And the reason why I say it has two parts is because obviously we're all having to grapple with a new way of working, whether it's remote working and trying to connect with clients and employees still at this time, with a lot of people also trying to juggle homeschooling and home commitments. I think it's exciting on the other hand because I think it's given all of us an opportunity to actually just take some time to reflect. I think, especially for businesses, it's been an opportunity to review what kind of costs businesses thought they needed that now that they're working remotely, they realize they may not need anymore. And when I say that, I refer to things like, do we still need as much real estate from an office perspective? Do you still need to incur so much air travel costs? And so I think whilst it's been quite a daunting time, I think it's also quite um, a good reflection point in terms of the opportunities this presents for us in terms of way of working in the future. Yeah,
0: so it definitely does feel, and are so like a great reset. Business has been interrupted. And now we're all trying to navigate and wrap our heads around how we go on. And no doubt, in your particular space, you have a lot of clients no doubt, coming to the bank, looking for new ideas of how we go on, new ideas around how they navigate this uncertain period before everything clicks into this new normal. What has that experience been like and what is the nature of the conversations you've been having with those clients?
1: So I think a good starting point is actually just to start off on a reflection of what has happened in South Africa in the business landscape over the last um, four months. So if we take it from the beginning of 2020, um, we had frequent power outages, which was obviously having some level of business interruption, particularly for small to medium enterprises that don't have backup power or water supply. There was some currency volatility, which introduced uncertainty in terms of operating costs. And then um, in early March, we saw Stats South Africa send out the country's GDP data for the fourth quarter of 2019, Mm -hmm. showing that the economy had contracted in that period. We then moved into April, where the COVID-19 outbreak then hit us. And that the dampening effect that that has had now on businesses having to lock down and shut their doors has been quite profound. Sprinkle on top of that, the Moody's downgrade. And I think we can agree it does appear to be quite an uncertain time for businesses.
0: From a practical perspective for you, where have you seen the greatest areas of adoption and the greatest areas of need? In
1: answering that, I want to take it in two parts. So I'd like to first just talk about what a business can do within its direct control. It can seem quite overwhelming and almost um, a push of business owners to withdraw in that they almost don't see a way out of things because of all this uncertainty and there's almost a bit of a freeze that happens that it can sometimes hold a business bank from even being creative and understanding what they can do within their control. So first I'd like to start there. In talking about what is in within a business's control, I think I think it's things like their own cash flow management. Um, as we mentioned earlier in our conversation, um, what COVID-19 has taught us is that there are perhaps other costs that businesses can now live without, whether that is air travel costs, whether that is um, real estate costs. Um, I think it's given businesses a very good reflection point about what is potentially non-essential in terms of cost and what savings can be done. And even when business operations reopen, I think there'll be an opportunities for businesses to review whether Or not, they still need the same amount of office space, whether they still needed the same amount of stock or inventory. Um, And so I think from a cost-cutting perspective, there's quite a bit that can be done even within a business's control. I think the other thing that the COVID lockdown has taught us is the importance of collecting on invoices much quicker. So um, the extent to which a business can monetize their invoices or the people that owe their money much quicker can make a very big difference between your cash balance being healthy or not. And then I think about some of the new opportunities that have actually been introduced by the COVID-19 lockdown. We've seen, for instance, fashion designers switch their operations to making masks in response to the need for masks. We've seen online delivery or grocery delivery services announce that they, in fact, are hiring more people because of the spike in demand for people for delivered goods. We've also um, heard from the South African Reserve Bank various interest rate cuts which have occurred. And if you take the cumulative amount of all the the interest rate cuts, it amounts to 2.25% since the beginning of this year. That is Mm. quite a lot, actually. And so after a business has serviced its debt repayments, that does Mm. put a lot more cash back into the business coffers. The other one which doesn't even require a business to go outside and apply for funding are things like the lower fuel costs that have also resulted as a result of this time. So there's quite a bit within a toolkit or within a business's control that I would always encourage them to go and look at internally where where they can cut costs, where they can take advantage of different opportunities to be able to shore up their own cash flow before they go and approach external funding providers because in any event, it's always good when you're approaching a bank or even the government to exhibit that you yourself have done what you can to help yourself. And then I'd like to talk about some of those external options now. So what exists outside a business's control? I think a good way, a place to start is obviously your banking institution because that is potentially where you have a transactional and financial track record and history. And so typically a business, when they then need to go and approach an external party for additional funding, they'll approach their bank. We within F&B have a client base, a very very wide client base of everything from startups to large corporates that churn a far greater revenue. And across the landscape, I would say that the biggest need that we have seen is certainly within the SME space. Clients tend to have um, a lower cash buffer going into situations like the COVID crisis that we're currently in, and as a result, they're already running quite lean and mean and find it very difficult to then go and implement a lot of cost-cutting measures within their own control that can perhaps help them at this time. So for those clients in particular, the banking community in general has been very targeted in trying to introduce relief measures, particularly the target SMEs in that bucket. Within FNB, we have also released measures that can assist clients through this time. Those include the provision of bridging finance or temporary finance to get companies through a temporary shortfall in their cash flow. That also includes what we call moratoriums. And a moratorium essentially means where you already have a debt or with the bank in the form of whether a vehicle finance loan or a a normal vanilla business loan, you can negotiate with the bank to essentially suspend your repayments for a three-month period or whatever period is appropriate with the view that those repayments can then be caught up at a later date once cash flows have improved. We have also offered clients the ability to allow us to help them facilitate claims from their credit insurance to the extent they have any, et cetera, et cetera. There's then been collaboration amongst the banking community, but also, Also with the government and also with high net worth individuals and families that have been very generous in giving at this time. I'll highlight one of those. That one is the South African Future Trust. That is a billion rand fund that is put together by money donated by members of the Oppenheimer family. And the Oppenheimer family has um, employed the banks essentially as their agents to help disperse these funds to clients in need. That particular fund targets SMEs that generate less than 25 million Rand revenue per annum. Clients can approach their bank to try and access this funding. And the main aim of that fund is employment protection. So the SME will apply. They will hopefully get approved for the loan. That loan, the proceeds then go straight to the bank accounts of the employees of the SME. The employees will get paid up to 750 grand on a weekly basis for a maximum of 15 weeks. And the terms of repayment of that loan Is Essentially, it's an interest-free loan directly from the South African Future Trust to the SME to be repaid in five years' time. Obviously, although the Oppenheimer family has given very, very generously, it's very encouraged that the SMEs do try and repay the cash sooner if they can. Because I think it's important that as money comes back into the fund, it can then be churned to help others in need.
0: Wow, Auntie, So um, it's fantastic just to go through, you know, some of the alternatives that are available. And I'm pretty sure that for many of our listeners at home, you know, when you started just taking through what's in our control, I think a lot of our entrepreneurs, particularly in the first phase of our lockdown, were very much locked in that freeze that you described. Can you give us some insights on those major concerns that SMEs currently have related to the alternatives available to them? And how will this possibly affect my credit record as we go forward.
1: I have actually quite great sympathy for the fact that a lot of people's um, typical business operations have been disturbed at this time. Um, It's obviously not ideal, having released your finance team and perhaps your auditor isn't available, to then need to go and collate a file, essentially, of information that a bank or uh, the government or another private funder might need to consider a credit application from your business, which I think we've sometimes been accused of as well to say, come on, guys, cut some of the red tape, cut us some slack because, you know, things are tough. It's always important to understand that um, the banks are regulated in terms of our funding activities. And we're not able to advance funding without exhibiting that we followed a very tight due diligence process and that we have indeed ticked all the boxes. And so um, there's certain minimum requirements as it relates to financial information, verification of business information, such as physical address and various signature she's needing to sign on the dotted line for certain things that we unfortunately cannot do away without because that protects also the borrower in this instance as much as it protects the bank. And it protects everybody from ensuring that we do not take any reckless lending decisions or do not act irresponsibly in that regard. So I think that's quite important for us um, to, 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 to mention um, just to, to allay some of the frustration which may or may not be brewing in the system. Then let's shift to um, what the typical requirements may be. So some of the funds out in the market are soft capital or soft loans in the sense that they have elements of being a pure commercial transaction. However, they have elements of essentially having almost a a flavor of partial um, donation or grant funding in that they blend commercial need with also a social need which is well understood and obviously we all need to be very cognizant of at this time. So eligibility criteria for, for things like the South African Future Trust Fund is that the SME must have a turnover of less than 25 million rand a year The SME must exhibit good financial health prior to COVID. And the SME must have been trading for at least a period of time. Those are just certain basics which are required in order to show that this is a business that is likely to have, have survived and done well, because at the end of the day, there is still an expectation for this loan to be repaid down the line. Then I'll shift to some of the stuff that is available within the banking community. Now, typically the banks, when they are advancing funding to a borrower, the first thing we obviously look at is the cash flows, because that is typically the source of repayment for the loan. So that is typically always seen as the primary source of repayment is what cash is in the business, what is the historical cash flow, and what is the future looking forecasted cash flow for the business look like. Security and the requirements for security is always seen as something that then supplements the cash flow view because it's always preferable to be repaid out of the cash flows that you envisage rather than having to go and take repayment possession of a vehicle or a building or an asset or call on another guarantee to help back up the, the primary loan. So I would almost class security or collateral as a sweetener or as something that supplements cash flows to allow a business's application for funding to be stronger and have better chances of success.
0: Thank you for joining us on FNB Business Talks. If you're enjoying our interviews, please subscribe to our channel. FNB is a division of First Rand Bank Limited, an authorized financial services and credit provider. C's and C's apply.